1: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash
0: What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from howstuffworks.com.
2: Hi everybody, welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. And Ben, we got something kind of cool today, I think. We've got a uh what we always have. Something like? But we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about ten places to look for classic car parts.
3: Yes, and this comes in handy for a lot of people. Perhaps more people than you would suspect, because you never know. Scott, you can attest to this. You never know who has a classic car in their garage. True, true. And some of these tips, um, you'll
2: find that you know most of these. If someone's already tuning out, saying, "I'm not going to be looking yeah. for classic car parts," it's not my thing. Right. But hold on to that car long enough, and maybe you will be looking for classic car parts. And also, <laughs> really yeah, right. that's a stretch, maybe that, not, but you know what, some of these tips are also good for just someone looking for car parts for, uh, you know, a three or four year old vehicle. Mm-hmm. That would also work. So, that's a uh, good
3: point. So pay attention, you know, there's uh, there's some stuff to be learned here as well. <laughs> We're going to uh, kick it off, Can I, may I? Yeah, sure, let's honors? go
2: right down the list. There's there's ten of them here and we've mm-hmm. got, uh, I think we've got a little something to say about each one.
3: Yes, yes sir, so... Number 10 coming in uh low and slow at number 10 is the idea of going to a swap meet. Mhm. Which uh, is pretty pretty big. I like this idea. I like. Have you ever been to, have you
2: ever been to a swap meet? Yes, easy for me to say. I I've been uh to some swap meets that are enormous like at state fairgrounds mm-hmm. um you know Major, major events.
3: There there are hundreds of dealers there. What was the size of the event that you were at? Was it similar? Well, the swap meets I've been to have been both in Tennessee and Georgia, Mm -hmm. and the size has varied from perhaps maybe typical small weekend flea market crowd, Mm -hmm. you know, or what they would call, I guess, a boot sale in the UK, uh, to just large venues that are completely packed with people one thing i want to say about swap meets are that swap meets can be kind of a crapshoot
2: yeah it's true um you know it's it's hit or miss on this type of thing and you know i'd say more times than not, though, you're going to you're gonna hit on this one. There's going to be mm-hmm. something there that you want or need if you have a specific project in mind. There's going to be someone there to talk to. But the thing is, you've got to network with the people that are there. Yes. You've got to talk to the dealers. You've got to talk to the people that are there. Mm-hmm. If you see somebody carrying a part that's similar to what you want or something from the same vehicle that you have,
3: mm-hmm.
2: talk to them and find out where they got that because chances are they'll lead you right to the source where – you know, the, uh, I don't know, I guess the uh, the treasure chest would be for you.
3: Yeah, weirdly enough, it's weird how often this works out. They'll probably know a guy, and if they don't know a guy, they'll know a guy who knows a guy.
2: Exactly. Even if the person is not there at the, at the swap meet, which I would think would be rare, because really at these things, everybody comes out that has something to sell mm-hmm. or, you know, some type of advice to give, or, you know, they've got... Uh, just a lot of the the crowd themselves are are a fount of knowledge for you. Really, I mean, if you talk to some people that are there, kind of milling around parts with you, mm-hmm. this is a great source. And if that doesn't work out, what's the next step? Number nine. Number nine is brick and mortar stores. Now, this is going back kind of uh, old school. I guess that you know you go to the parts parts counter. Yep. You uh, ask them, you know, tell them to make a model vehicle. They come back with a part in their hand, and that's it. Um, not bad. I actually kind of like this type of thing. I'm I'm not one to deal online very well or over the phone very well. I like to go in, see the part, hold the part, think about the part, come back by the part. Um, You're old school, though. I do. I take a long time. I'd, I'd go pay my bills in person if I could, Ben. And in fact, I have <laughs> in the past. I, I get a lot of teasing about stuff like that because um, I, I just – I'm not one to search online and buy online and not one to, to just call and order a part, have it shipped in the mail. I'm I'm just not that way. I really do like the brick-and-mortar stores. Um, the problem is if you're talking about classic car parts, right? not a lot of brick-and-mortar uh, mortar stores for classic car parts. Uh, they're few and far between, but the sure. ones that you do find are very, very good. There's one that's about an hour away from here mm-hmm. in Atlanta up in Braselton. That's excellent for used car parts, and uh, I've, I've been there. I've also, um, you know, i, I watched the store online. There's a, there's a lot going on with that place, and and I know that there are places like that all over the U.S. and all over the world, really.
3: I have three things to say about these sure. uh, that about this number that are all short, so no worries there. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, although you, some people may agree with you, Scott. Some people may hate calling on the phone. Uh, it's a very good idea in this day and age to call ahead if you're going into a store and I think we mentioned this in the article, to give them the information and see if they have it because oftentimes uh, the brick-and-mortar stores won't have the ability to just maintain a stock of, you know, a specific part. True. And then the second thing is there's an unspoken rule, which we also mentioned in the article, which I think is very good, mm-hmm. which is if you are pressing the shop owner, the shopkeep, I never get to use that word, the shopkeep yeah. for advice, sure. then don't just – Ask him for advice, grill the guy, and then disappear onto Amazon? Yeah. That's kind of rude.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm semi guilty of this in that I've asked some advice before, but I always ask them first, like, you mind giving me a little bit of advice on something? And they say either, yeah, that's fine. I've got a minute or two here. So they don't really mind talking with you, but you kind mm. of have to, you have to go about it gingerly. Don't, uh, don't really pick their brain and then, and then just walk out without making a purchase. That's not, it's not, uh, very, uh, it's not very good etiquette.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, of course, this can vary case by case. We're not calling anyone a villain. My third point about number nine is that I think, personally, it's very important to support these sorts of locations when it's possible. Mm -hmm. Now, the death of brick-and-mortar stores has been widely reported and exaggerated because, as we know, a lot of the small shops, even the stereotypical mom-and-pop shops, uh, are able to survive doing business online, selling selling wares online. Uh, but and this is just a personal note, it means a lot to me to support those sorts of stores when I have a chance. Agreed, I totally agree with you. So let's
2: go. On, let's move on to number eight then. Ah,
3: yes, <laughs> www.onlineforums.com.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is this uh, now online forums? These are these are to me. You know, I just mentioned that I don't like to purchase things online. Right. However, I do like to get advice. Uh, from people that have gone through similar situations online and i think this may be one of the best uh regions i guess for advice this um, is great yeah. yeah this is this is really good because you know no matter what there's somebody that's already done what you're doing you know if you've <laughs> got a problem so an, an issue a situation whatever whatever's yeah. going on i need to uh i need to work worry about uh, rust on the frame of my uh mm-hmm. 1957 chevy how do I, how do I handle that? Somebody has dealt with that in the past. You, you know that there's a hundred people online that have dealt with that in the past. And they know exactly what to do, what works, what doesn't work. That's mm-hmm. the important thing is that, you know, they know what does not work. And rather than you go through all that trial and error, uh, they have already done it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good to listen to some of these people. You know, they've got good advice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just kind of, I don't know the this, sage this advice of of the elders. I guess is what you can say because you know even if it's somebody that's younger than you, they've they've handled it already and they know that you know this product does not work, this one does work, this technique works, this one doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, it saves you time and money.
3: And I completely agree. This is the place for some of the best free information because it's it's true. We don't always mention this on the show, but it's completely true and it's kind of. Kind of wonderful that if you're restoring a car the only other people who will ever understand the amount of blood sweat and tears that you put in there not to mention time uh, are they're going to be people who have already done it mm-hmm. and they want to use their expertise to help others I, I scour the online forums mm-hmm. all the time
2: for information about uh, you know chrome bumper polishing mm-hmm. or um, how to fix little tiny pits in the windshield or mm-hmm. you know what to what to do what not to do to um, remove, uh, you know, the oxidation on headlight lenses. Um, you know, just a, a little bit of everything. There's, there's anything and everything available out there. Just search, you know, your question. Put your question into Google, and it'll come up with <laughs> four, you know, forums that have pages and pages of advice of people telling you what
3: to do and what not to do. And one thing that we do need to make clear: always be respectful on these forums. Remember that these people are volunteering their advice and their experience for free to you so don't don't be crazy you know and i would also say that these people know their stuff so if you were bragging make sure i'm not calling anyone a liar i'm just saying make sure you were bragging about something that really happened (laughs) back it down a bit yeah because they can they uh they may not respond very well uh to people who are you know gonna come in and be insulting or be dismissive just be humble be nice be direct very good advice. Okay, sorry. All right, let's
2: Number move seven: seven knockoff manufacturers. <laughs>
3: eh,
2: my notes here actually say "meh." <laughs> I um, I don't know. I, I, this isn't uh, something that I would do. I think. I, I mean, buy parts that are that are known to be not authentic. Now, in some
3: cases, there's no there's no choice. Sometimes you have no choice but to take. Uh, a newly manufactured part. Yeah, exactly. And there's not really anything terribly wrong with this. It's just that
2: you know, for me personally, I would rather try to find the vintage part in somewhere that you know we'll talk about later in the list here. Mm. I'm sure everybody knows what that is, but um, <laughs> you know, I just I just don't know if this is a good idea to buy something that is, you know, brand new that goes on a car, on a vehicle that's 50 years old, 50 plus years old. Mm-hmm. Would you Would you want to do that? I, it may stand out as being subpar it may it may just not have the same look it may be slightly different in certain ways but then again you know that if they get the molds from the original factory and i'm going to argue both sides of this here now at this point they they may get the original molds from the factory they may get the original plans they may actually Mm. build replica parts that are very very good if not better
3: than the original something jay leno has actually done
2: exactly yeah and you know what Uh, we talked about delorean a few times on this show and, and that's kind of what they're doing they've got the original still but they've got the, the the molds and the plans to build original parts, but they're going to be brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing wrong with that. They've got all of the original documentation. They may even improve some parts. Um, but the thing is, if you're going for authenticity, which mm-hmm. a lot of times in a classic vehicle realm, it's key. yeah, you have to have that. I mean, you just can't go get a you know a. a, um, a A muffler that was built. Okay, that's a bad example. Muffler is a bad example. But let's say a a bumper. Sure. A chrome bumper. You're going to get a brand-new chrome bumper versus one that you found in the junkyard then had replated, and, you know, there's something to that. There's something to having authentic original Mm -hmm. parts on your classic vehicle.
3: And here's the thing. Yeah, this is a really good point because what I'm getting from what you're saying is that people should ask themselves what they want from this vehicle. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you want it to be? when? Are you going to try to resell it? Because if you are, my friends, uh, think very carefully about those new parts. Yeah, exactly. You may not want to go to uh,
2: Pep Boys and buy the brand-new, you know, the, the chrome alloy rims that look so cool on, you know, the uh, the 2010 models. Uh, mm-hmm. You may want to get something that's, you know, more, I don't know, period-correct, I guess, for your vehicle. Um, you know, if not authentic, then something that, you know, is authentic and original. Get something that was from that time era that it would also work. Yes, I Something see. Something that, that also fits your needs. It weigh the pros and cons. I don't yeah. think I'm expressing myself well on this one, but I just don't think <laughs> that it's a good idea to put brand-new parts on classic cars.
3: Yeah, and I think a lot of people are on the same page with that, too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people who are on the same page, speaking of pages, are reading number six, classic car Magazine. What a segue. Yeah, that's right. You know, and there's this thing you know, about this is that I, I've used these in the
2: past just for, you know, you kind of look at them because it's got the latest trends. It's got the latest, Damn. you know, the, the uh, what people are doing in the in the uh, in the field. Mm-hmm, you know, some, mm-hmm. something that uh, you know they're doing with engine work, body work. You know, whether it's uh, shaving the door handles, whether it's um, you know, I don't know, tubbing the back end, mm-hmm. whatever. It's, whatever it is, doesn't doesn't matter what the project is. The latest and greatest is always going to be in the car magazines, and and that's
3: the good source to go to for that. And you can find a lot of really cool tips and rules of thumb. Yeah that can save you some backbreaking hours.
2: Yeah, exactly. When it comes to how-to type stuff, you know that these guys have done it. So, you know, online, that's, that's a great place to search for this stuff. You know, if you go to, you know, whatever your favorite magazine is, search how-to and then whatever your project is, chances are they've run into this already or they've done this project. And they've, they've got a great, you know, photo essay along with detailed descriptions of what they're doing and how they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's an excellent place to see what you can expect out of a project.
4: Emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to a really good cry with De Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Now, let me stop you before we go to the next, the next ones, the top five, mm-hmm. because I got to tell you, this is where it gets um, the stakes get a little higher for me, mm-hmm. and I want to, in full disclosure, for you, for you and for our listeners, uh, to let you know that. There is, uh, I have a little disagreement with part of this list. You do? I have a little one. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But I completely, one of my favorites is this, uh, number five. Okay. And number five
2: is, uh, what, wrecking services and auto body shops.
3: Yes. Because, <laughs> because this is, um, this is sort of a little bit further up the line. Like, part, part of what we're talking about is, is a, A line or a life cycle for a car, right? Mm -hmm. When a car is no longer used. Sure. And we begin to, um, well, cannibalize is a harsh word, Mm -hmm. but we begin to take other parts off of it and stuff. Um, A lot of times, if you know someone at an auto body shop and, you know, like you, Scott – Uh, know me and i work at an auto body shop and and you give me a call a few months in the past and you say hey ben i was looking for part a or part x or part y and i was wondering if you know anything about this then i am odds are i'm going to be intimately connected with a number of people who don't just do body work also do restoration uh also um well, I don't want to spoil the rest of the things on the list, but you know what I'm talking about. I This, do, yeah. this is a handy way to do it. Okay.
2: I, I agree. I, I think this isn't bad. It's not not a bad way to do it, but I mean, these, these places have, you know, it could be anything from just a couple of cars on a lot, you know, where they, they've towed them off the, right. the side of the road, and they've got uh, cars that have been basically abandoned, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, they've got, you know, vehicles that they've started to take some of the decent parts off of that are available, but... You know, whether it's a real small place or a large place, chances are you're right. They do know somebody that can help you out. So maybe this is a place to use as a source of information.
3: Right. As a source of information, one thing that is a little bit difficult about this part is, or this listing is that there odds of having classic cars... Are going to be relatively low, very slim. I would say. Yeah. I
2: would say it's very slim because you're talking about cars that have been actually pulled off the street or have been, right. You know, abandoned somewhere or impounded for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Uh, you know, they're not going to have you know the the selection that our our next uh, number here will have.
3: Yes, this is one we both want to talk about. So yeah. let's just go straight to salvage yards. This is.
2: Uh, Perhaps my favorite out yeah. of all of these, really, yeah. The okay. uh, salvage yards, because you know, this is. I mean, we call it salvage yard, but it's a junkyard, right? Uh, so heading out to the junkyard, you got your toolbox with you. You're mm-hmm. carrying it through there. You know, this to me, I could spend. I, I literally could spend
3: days in junkyards, just at the local pull apart. Yeah. Huh? Just
2: just wandering, finding you know, finding what's out there. Even if it's not my vehicle, mm-hmm. I love just looking at these.
3: You things. can see some great
2: stuff. I have, and I've wandered through many, many junkyards, mm-hmm. and I'm, it's always you know. Ask my wife and kid. I, every time we're in the car, <laughs> my neck, you know, swivels every time we go past one that, you know, like I wonder what's not specifically what's in the front of the junkyard. I like to look at what's in the very back corner of
3: the junkyard. Oh, the old stuff. Yeah, huh? the old
2: stuff. Yeah, I, I like to see what's back there because uh, sometimes there's some real diamonds in the rough back there.
3: Yeah, they uh, at a Forest Park um, neighborhood junkyard south of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time we actually saw. I'm not going to say we saw the whole thing, but we saw pieces of a fire truck from the 1940s. Oh, cool! You know, and that's that's amazing. I don't know how it got there or what happened to it, but that's one of my favorite um, one of my favorite places in general. Uh, a salvage yard, if you're looking for a part that is just being a bear to find, then you know what, man, you may not find it at the salvage yard. But you're gonna have fun. I think there's a
2: good chance that you will. And you know what? If you call ahead, this is important on yes, this thing, Yeah. I really do think that if you call ahead, or at least if you stop by the you know the uh, the trailer in the front and talk to the <laughs> right. people that that own the place and say, "I'm looking for parts for a uh, you know a 1940 Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. Do you have any any 1940 Chevrolets? There may be. There just may be a chance that they've got these things segmented out, and that you know, you, sure, you go back to the northwest corner. And that's where you're going to find the uh, the Chevrolets. And, of course, if you want the 1940s, we've got those broken out into a different section over here. That does happen. It does happen. It's not all that common, right. but it does happen. Or they may just say, you know what, we don't have any Chevrolet parts in the lot. We, we have only Ford and Chrysler. Which is why it's important to call. Exactly, because you may spend all day wandering around looking for that Chevrolet part when they don't even have a single Chevrolet in the lot because the person... Doesn't know that vehicle doesn't deal with that vehicle, Mm -hmm. so you know, just give it a call ahead, or even talk to somebody and find out what they've got on the lot in general, Mm -hmm. and then specifically go in for the part. But once you do, I mean, Ben, you could find anything. I've gone through parts in like northern Michigan, where or junkyards in northern Michigan, where you'll find um, you know old Mustangs that have all of the logos on them, you know, all the all the badging, all the trim work, everything, so that you know, if you needed something for your nineteen sixty seven mustang okay and you needed all the badging go there and you could take it all off of one vehicle and it's all right there or if you have a uh vw microbus and you need you know that great big vw <laughs> yeah. logo on the front you know now chances are that's probably already gone but you know you go you go and you look at that and and you find that and it's and it's there you know there, there'll be amazing parts that you'll find there you, you'll be surprised what you can
3: find oh and one pro tip for uh our internet savvy friends here mm-hmm. uh There's a website called oldride.com, which lists more than 50 salvage yards in the United States that specialize in classic car parts. Yeah, exactly. And that's important that they specialize in classic car parts Mm -hmm. because a lot of the junkyards are filling up with
2: some of these newer vehicles. And you'll find that, you know, there's nothing in there, you know, older than, let's say, 2000. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't do somebody any good who's looking for, you know, a 1930s Cadillac part.
3: So let's say that... You don't really find what you need somehow in online forums. You Mm -hmm. need to take the next step, and that next step would be number three. Yep, clubs and
2: organizations. And you can reach these guys online, but uh, more often than not, if you've got a classic car that you've got great interest in and restoring, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to seek these guys out already and be involved in the club. Um, but they do have, you know, weekly meetings, monthly meetings, whatever it happens to be, quarterly meetings. Rides. Uh, exactly. Uh, trips. Yeah, ride and drive events. And I think, uh, you know, whether it's charity, whatever, mm-hmm. um, these are incredible sources of information. Like, you know, going to the swap meet, only more specialized. Mm-hmm. These are the people that are so, fo- they're, they're laser focused on your make and model a vehicle. Yeah. Um, and, you Again, you know, this is this goes right along with the forums. These are the people that you'll talk to in the forums, also. Um, so this is a this is a fantastic source ben, of information. You know, you can talk to the people that that know people that know people that have parts or can get something to you, or they just have an extra one laying in the garage that they'll give you.
3: Yeah, and what's cool is they'll also ask you questions. This is very much a two way street. Yeah. So let's say you're in um, well let's go let's stick with VW. So let's say you're in a VW club, mm-hmm. and then you have a uh, VW you've spent a lot of time on you restored it you just need maybe a couple things mm-hmm. and you'll ask around and then you'll notice that how much this is a two-way street they'll start asking you questions and they'll be very specific they'll say well I noticed that on your vehicle mm-hmm. blah 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 where did you find blah 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 and um, I think that's so cool it is because I, I've
2: you know I've mentioned like my my project to somebody in the past, yeah. you know, and you get kind of a blank stare like, okay, well, this is really interesting for me. You know, you talk to somebody that's in a car club that, you know, has your make and model vehicle and, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. interested as well. They're just as excited to talk with you about your project as you are to talk with them about their project or what your needs and wants are for your vehicle. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a, it's a good environment, you know. It's nice that, you know, people can come together in groups like this and, and talk about,
3: stuff, you know, common interests. And I'm going to make this point, I don't think it'll be controversial, but just in case it is, address the hate mail to me and not to Scott. Uh, I think it's so important to have this in real life experience because while the online areas are great for advice, mm-hmm. while the online areas are great for learning, uh, there's they just don't hold a candle to the experience of being around other cars uh, and other people who are Experts, let's be honest, they're experts yeah. in what you're trying to do. So I think that clubs and organizations should be a bit higher on the list. Yeah,
2: face to face meetings. Yeah, and yeah, that's
3: not my main
2: objection. Yeah, there's no, there's, you know what, I agree with you. So uh, go ahead and address the uh, hate mail to both of us because I agree with Ben that, you know, <laughs> the, um, there's something about meeting someone face to face and talking with them. There, there's, it's more than just a, you know, a, a, uh, a text conversation
3: back and forth, you know, via email or you know, on mm-hmm. your, your your cell phone. Well, there there's some like engine tuning tricks that you you just have to learn by being next to someone who already knows how to do exactly. it. Exactly, and they can just show you right on their own vehicle. You know, it's over here
2: in the corner of the lot. Mm-hmm. Let's go look at it. So you know, the last two here, we've yeah. got two left, and um, yeah, they're very very similar. This is my main objection. Okay, you know, I uh, these last
3: two to me, I um, I i have to say I disagree with the list.
2: <laughs> um, I don't think they should have been
3: number two and number one. Oh, you're stealing my argument. Okay, <laughs> okay, but still, nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, I'm just going to read two and one really quickly, just the just what they are, and then we can talk about why we're not on the same page. Okay. Uh, so number two is online dealers. Number one, could we get a drum roll, please? Scott, people don't know how good you are at percussion. Uh, Number one is online auctions, and I disagree. Okay. So the reason that I disagree, maybe more with the order of these top two, is that in an online auction, unless you you have very specific interests, you know exactly what you're doing, and you've exhausted every other option, an online auction is usually, I think, not going to be as smart of a choice as most of the other things on this list I totally agree
2: and uh, you know I've got my own set of reasons why I don't agree with online auctions online dealers not bad not bad I mean you can go to uh, you know some of these brick and mortar places that we've talked about that I that I love yeah they have online sites and I, yeah. I trust them so I know mm-hmm. that that's a place where I can go to get good parts and
3: I know that it's what they say and there's some superb online dealers there
2: really are you know and, and the fact is that you know that's the easiest quickest way to find a part and have it sent to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do it within a matter of minutes. I could have any part that I want in a, in a matter of five minutes if I wanted to. Sure. Um, that's that's the thing. They're, they're extremely fast. However, they can be expensive. Mm-hmm. And the expense mm-hmm. part is where I think the, um, you know, I, th- I think I'm actually done with that, the online dealers part. But, mm-hmm. you know, the expense part going on to online auctions is, you know, that's where you kind of, uh, you get to name your own price sort of. <laughs> um you know you know how that works out yeah. I mean, there's a buy it now price on you know certain sites on ebay right and uh there's also you know that if you get involved in a bidding war with somebody you may end up paying more than you had intended to pay sure but you may also get quite a deal and um, i think a lot of the parts now it seems like most of them are just here's the price buy it um, yeah it, that's the seem that seems to me the way that a lot of these things are working out now um, there's a ton of parts available which is the great thing yes um but here's the you know word of caution these people are you know if they're picking them up from junkyards or they are a junkyard that operates this site right you know, the, the online auction site you know they just they, they have thousands of items that are up for sale on eBay mm-hmm. they take a photo of a part that that exemplifies what they've got you know they're available. Ah yes, but let the buyer beware. Ah
3: see I think you've got something here. so go ahead what do you I mean okay so you know how in food commercials, Right, uh, everybody <laughs> who's taken a picture of a uh, a fast food hamburger, I love right? where this is going. Yeah, and then and then has actually gone and purchased a fast food hamburger and compared them side by side. The differences are, to say the least, hilarious. Yes, and unfortunately, the same thing can easily occur in online auctions, especially if I love the junkyard example. Especially if, uh, for instance. Scott Benjamin's junkyard is selling um, very hard-to-find uh, Chrysler par- parts. Chrysler parts, very hard-to-find Chrysler parts. And, uh, you know, let's say there are 50 that the junkyard has in stock. There's a picture of one. Yeah, I have 50 headlights available. Yeah, and there's a picture of one, and that one headlight looks great. There's no, uh, um, the opacity's not messed up, there's no cracks. Yeah, I cleaned it up for the photo cleaned it up for the photo, maybe did a little magic on it. I'm not saying Photoshop, but gave it some TLC. So then somebody else orders this headlight. Says, Oh, what a great vintage Chrysler headlight. This is just what I need. I've been looking for six months. Yeah, grab one off the shelf. I'm going to ship that one. But is it the same one? It may not be
2: the one that's in the <laughs> photo, and that's the thing. It may or may not. And you know what? If the person has only one available yeah. and that's the part, then that's what you get, of course. And yeah, you know, you're I golden. Mean, Again, you're looking at a part in a photograph that's, you know, a postage stamp size photograph online. Yeah. Is it what you're getting? This is the typical online auction um, pitfalls, I guess, that you have to deal right. with. You know, there's several. It's, you know, are you getting exactly... What you ordered first mm-hmm. of all? Are they gonna Are they gonna ship it on time? Is it going to uh, You know, is it going to be damaged during shipping? Right. Um, is it going to arrive at all? Um, Good that That happens. I mean, there's and it. I'm not to say that you know these online auction sites are bad. I'm just saying right. that you have to trust the the dealer. You have to trust whoever is selling you that part. And you know, you're you're giving them money, mm-hmm. and well, I guess in a way, personal information, but not really. I mean, some of these are very secure, yeah. but yeah. you're giving them money. And uh, you're you're expecting something in return that, you know, is, was represented online as being a perfect part, maybe. Uh, you know, maybe right. you do know the, the flaws in it. But, again, a photograph is going to show you everything.
3: We're just be saying, be careful, guys. We don't want you to blow, you know, several hundred dollars. Some of these parts, especially the really old ones that are original, can mm-hmm. be fairly expensive. So yeah. we, we don't want you to blow... Hundreds of dollars for a pig and a poke, and then find out that you did not get what you wanted, and that you can't get. Yeah, I'll say you're buying a a, a
2: body panel, or a door, or something huge like yeah, that. Yeah, you're going to pay. You're going to pay a lot of money in shipping to find mm-hmm. out that you know this thing's got a, a few more uh, car door dings in it than you had intended, or you had thought rather. When you saw the initial photograph, maybe because, the inside's rusted. Yeah, maybe. Something's you know, uh, wrong with the hinge? Uh, the window doesn't work, or the you know. I mean, um, just a, a lot of little things, and and I don't want to discourage anybody from this, but this kind of goes back to, and I told you this early on, so mm-hmm. I've been up front with this you about this. I like to go in and see and hold the part. Yeah, I like to examine the part. I like mm-hmm. to talk to the people that are selling the part. I just don't think that online auctions are the way for me specifically, but I think for some people, mm-hmm. this is how they uh, this is how they do all of the project.
3: And, and you know, it works out well for them. Yeah, and to be fair, because we've mentioned, uh, I just want to close with this, to be fair, because we've mentioned a lot of the brick-and-mortar stores have this online presence, or they do an online auction account. Mm-hmm. Um, the, your best bet, if you're on a, a large um, online auction site, I'm not going to drop any names, but maybe some sort of bay then uh, then while you're electronic bay yeah of some sort mm-hmm. sure thank you uh while you're in that area um the best thing to do is research the seller what's their feedback rate how often have they done this because that is the closest you're going to get to being able to trust them yeah just the usual words of precaution on this stuff I mean, yeah
2: again there's a lot of good people out there too so you know don't don't let us sway you one way or the other I got
3: burned one time buying an accordion on eBay. You bought an accordion on eBay. I did. What happened? <laughs> well, uh, the uh, it, it arrived. Um, I got an okay price on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the reeds inside, some of the reeds were messed up. So on the lower notes of this accordion, it sounds it sounds melodious. It sounds really nice. And then about two thirds of the way up, uh, it sounds like some sort of dying baby i don't know if it's a wow. human baby maybe there's a cat stuck in there maybe there's a cat stuck in yeah
2: there. <laughs> do you play in a polka band or something i don't know this about you. i didn't know that you played accordion
3: um well i i play uh two-thirds of an accordion and a third of some sort of possibly <laughs> screaming cat that's very funny that's good but yeah so so take it from me that's that's bitter experience be careful and ask questions and let us know what you found with your classic car parts that's what i want to hear because Scott uh some people may not know that this this is uh, research with an ulterior motive for you huh mm-hmm. of course we've talked uh, a couple of times about your project car mm-hmm. and has it been difficult for you to find parts
2: uh you know what i haven't searched out a lot of different parts yet i've kind of been uh been looking mm-hmm. but not really purchasing yet um i've got a lot of prices listed out and you know i i told you i'm fastidious about you know yeah Getting the best price and and being able to look at the part and see the part and trust the people that I'm that I'm buying from. So um, I I've, uh, I've compiled a huge list of parts that I need and want, and I've got a couple things that I've already purchased from that that shop that's up in Brazelton. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's year one if anybody really cares. I mean, it's not a paid advertisement or anything, but uh, <laughs> year one they have excellent stuff. And um, I uh, I don't know I'm. I'm learning as I go, and I find mm-hmm. that forums are great. I find that you know, just talking to people at uh, um, you know junkyards and and mm-hmm. places that you know have classic cars on the lot are the best sources. You know, people that do restoration work, people that you know do body work, things like that. Um, I don't know. I'm finding that uh, it, it's
3: good to talk to people. Mm-hmm. That's probably the the best. To, to come and you don't have reservations about that. If you see somebody with an interesting car and they're standing on the street, I know you will walk up and talk to them. Yeah, I'll do a U-turn and come back and talk to them. About <laughs> it because um,
2: I, That's really the only way to learn about something like that. Otherwise, it's like, oh, yeah, I saw a 1935 uh, Ford, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know anything more about it than that, but I saw it on the side of the road. But if you pull over and you talk to the person, and, and generally, you know, the people are willing to talk about it. They love it. It's their it's their project, their hobby. Their, yeah, you know, usually. Their, their passion. Um, you
3: know, just spend five minutes. Be courteous and, and ask them a little bit about it. They love it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's fair to say. And we uh, have to get out of here, but we hope that we've given some, uh, some tips, a couple of do's and don'ts, um, and I know this was filled with our opinion, uh, but... We're talking about the best places to find classic car parts. We want to hear from you, especially if you're restoring a classic car. We've got a lot of listeners doing that, Scott. Um, So, as always, send us some pictures um, and send us a... Facebook message, or uh, you can tweet at us as we uh, are now Twitter people. What Would we be twits? Uh, I think we are. Oh, is that we're, we're twits who tweet. Oh, man. Um, but if you want to skip past all that and you want to just write to us directly, we'd love to hear from you at? CarStuff at Discovery.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com.
4: So, should we go electric?
0: I think we should go electrified with Toyota.
4: Electrified?
0: Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander, or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid.
4: So Toyota is electrified diversified?
0: Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's
1: Beyond Zero vision for the future.
4: Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning?
0: Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash 0
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile,